Welcome to Trivially Crucial, where we believe every confused angel, angsty brother, questionable piece of theology, and black 1967 Chevrolet Impala is important and critical to our lives, no matter how unimportant a story may seem. I'm Mandy. And I'm Michael. And as you may have guessed, today we're talking about Supernatural, the TV show. Yes, uh, and quite a TV show it is. It's had lots of ups and downs. Eleven seasons. Eleven. Uh, I cannot believe it's still Renewed going. Or twelve. <laughs> and is there any indication that twelve is the last one? No. Okay. <laughs> wow. It has been going on for a remarkably long time, um, and it was going on for a remarkably long time by the time I started. But uh, when did you start watching it? So I started watching Supernatural, I think the first season I watched live was season nine. Okay. Uh, so pretty late. Uh, and it turns out that that is the same season I started watching live, but I started watching the show way after you did. And I just binged really, really quickly. It's, uh, it's a lot of episodes to power through. Yeah, I, I think because you were probably watching for a little bit before you caught up, right? Uh, I was, and uh, as we will talk about later, sometime around season six, I just stopped watching for several months, uh, and then I was like, no, I'm this far in the show, I really need to finish it, <laughs> uh, So, which that probably allowed you to catch up to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, uh, what got you started watching the show in the first place? So Supernatural is the one show that I can say I was brought into it by fandom. Uh, it was just something I kept seeing people who ran in the same circles as me talking a lot about. I kept seeing gift sets of it on Tumblr. I kept seeing all this stuff about Destiel and, you know, whatever. And I was like, I, I don't even know what this is, but this looks like a show that I should probably watch. And, you know, it comes on, I think it was TNT had three episodes on every morning. And so I just saw it loop around back to season one and I set the DVR to record the first couple of episodes and... It was all downhill from there, man. Uh, well, I guess by proxy then, I got started the same way because I definitely started just because of you. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you had started talking about it a lot, I guess, on Twitter and probably in person or you know, over the phone to me. And, uh, and I had deep, deep hesitation about it for a while because so I don't do horror media very well at all. Right. Um, and I respect a lot of it. I think a lot of it is very high quality and I'm struggling. Like I struggle to get through it and I have nightmares and all that. And that's just been true my entire life. And Supernatural seemed like that kind of thing. And, um, and you even told me that kind of the first two seasons really had much more of a horror flair, but then it cleared up a little bit and that the lore was good and that the kind of the fantasy elements were worth it. And that sort of got me to decide, you know what, I'm going to try and grin and bear it. And if I can handle it, then I'll get through those first two seasons. Um, and even at the time when I was watching the first two seasons, I definitely felt enough that if it stayed like this, I wouldn't be able to keep it up. But if it did change a little bit, I'd be able to. And, uh, and I'm glad I did. Uh, but yeah. That so. Bloody Mary episode, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I still, every once in a while, you know, they still have like the token horror episodes in a, in a season. And you can tell when they start. Yeah. And I just cringe at the beginning of those. I'm like, well, I guess this is what, those are the ones where sometimes I'll get behind for a week or two because I have to be in the right, like the right space of mind to watch them. So I'll be completely caught up with the season and then I'll fall behind because I'll watch the, the opener, the opening reel before the supernatural logo comes up. And I'll be like, oh, I can't do this right now. And I'll 
put it down and then I'll wait until I'm in a space where I can watch it. And it's like the middle of the day on a Saturday with the sun out and I'll watch it and then I'll progress past the next couple of episodes. So I no longer remember the one that I'm, <laughs> that I struggled to watch. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, cause we both started so late and uh, I, I, you know, how did spoilers, if we knew any affect our viewing of the show? Um, Michael, were you aware of anything about the show before you started watching it? Not really. I mean, I knew it had to do with some kind of fantasy things and, you know, took its liberties with various mythologies. But, I mean, I knew that the lead characters were brothers, and that's about all I knew, really. Um, Yeah. I I would say the big one for me was uh, I thought Castiel was in the show from the beginning, according to what I saw online. Like, everyone talked about Sam, Dean, and Castiel. And so I'm watching season one, and it's like, no Castiel. Watching season two, no Castiel. Watching season three, no Castiel. I'm like, who is this character? Why does everyone love him? Like, he's in every gift set. (laughs) Well, and Um, for a long time, I remember you tweeting about Cass, and I was like, I have no idea who this is. And I actually, because it was always Cass in your tweets, I just assumed it was a woman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Context clues probably didn't help. (laughs) No, probably not. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and you know there were a couple other things that I didn't necessarily know were coming in the sense of like who these characters were or if they are important, but like I knew there were like scenes that I knew from like Tumblr in my mind that I had no context for them, and then it would happen in the show, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's where that's from." <laughs> well, and I didn't even—I mean, I didn't really recognize that much, but I remembered seeing. Scenes of like Dean crying and stuff like that beforehand, and you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, a single and it man didn't really, It didn't make any sense until you've seen the show, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is a guy who wouldn't do that." So, yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of this show to talk about, uh, and I know that anybody who's listening uh, who has not watched the entire show may question because we frequently scare people off and tell them not to listen if they haven't watched everything. <laughs> And I am generally very opposed to people listening to spoiler-type things or reading spoiler-type things before they witness something. But honestly, I don't. I feel like Supernatural doesn't hinge that much on plot elements and stuff. So, like, I, I think it holds up about as well, even if you know what's already going to happen in the in broad strokes. And there's so much of it that we can't call out all the specifics. So that I, I feel and like, it's a commitment of a show. So, you know, I would say I'd recommend anyone to listen to this podcast before they're about to commit themselves to 11 seasons. Yeah, it's a it's the kind of thing where if you haven't already watched it and you didn't already really intend to. You're not going to be in any worse a position by going ahead and listening to this and maybe we'll convince you to watch it. But maybe we'll convince you to watch certain seasons and not other seasons. (laughs) Uh, is that are you uh, leading into something <laughs> about how we're going to structure this episode? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about uh, five, well, four, hmm, four kind of like uh, segments of how the show is broken up, and because this is eleven seasons, we're not going to get through every single episode. If we talked about every episode of Supernatural, we'd be here for the next ten years. Um, so. We're going to break it up into certain seasons that Michael and I both strangely agreed in a hive mind-like fashion were uh, how the show should be broken up. And uh, uh, the last thing we'll talk about is the most recent season, uh, which 
right now is not being put in any other arc because we just saw it. So, yay. It's very funny, really. I I mean, you and I already talked about this, but you emailed me a, uh, just an email about, here's how I was thinking this should be broken down. And I just took a picture of a piece of paper in my notebook that I had jotted down my general thoughts and how it should be broken down. And it was the same. It was identical. It was scary. It was very funny, uh, which maybe maybe that just lends credence to, I guess maybe we've also just talked about the show a bunch, but to each other, so maybe there, that informs some of it, but uh, yeah. Maybe it lends credence to our formatting of the, of the, the show. But. Maybe, though it's funny, because I went back and forth on how I was going to divide up 6 through 10, like whether season 8 was considered with 6 through 7 or with 9 and 10, and so it's funny that we ended up splitting it up the exact same way. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I guess, do we want to talk about how all of it is broken down and why, or do we just want to go bit by bit? Why don't we just go bit by bit? Let's okay. start with the first bit. And, yeah. The first chunk and the largest chunk at that. Um, so, for anybody wondering, the first chunk is the first five episodes, or five, first five seasons uh, which I think both of us agree is like a really high quality show that should have ended at the end of season five. I think if Supernatural had ended at the end of season five, it would be remembered as one of the greatest shows ever. Yeah, like one of the greatest cult classic, like really like high quality shows that people should just go back and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't stop then. Ah. And, we'll, uh, and we'll talk about that later. So uh, going in, uh, I mean, I alluded to it before. The first two seasons had sort of a a very heavy horror vibe to them. So why don't we explain the premise of the show for those who haven't uh, watched it at all. That's a good call. (laughs) Supernatural is basically a monster hunting show in that you have these two brothers, Sam and Dean, who when they were very small, uh, Sam was like six months old and Dean was like four. Uh, A demon basically uh, killed their mother uh, via fire, really intense. And uh, their father uh, swore revenge, and they spent the rest of their lives being trained as hunters uh, to uh, basically stop this demon. Uh, though at the beginning of the show, they still yet not really ever meet met a demon, let alone the yellow-eyed demon who killed their mother. Uh, and um, Sam is the younger brother, and he's also the one who tried to get out of the life and go to college. And so in the beginning, in the very first episode, Sam is in college, and Dean comes to get him because their dad is missing. And he went missing while on a hunt. And then, uh, so Sam's going to help him just for one, this one adventure, he swears. And they go on this one adventure, they still don't find dad, they come back, and then Sam's girlfriend is killed in the same fashion as their mother, in fire, by the demon. Uh, and Sam's girlfriend is also played by uh, uh, Adrian Padalecki. Not pa- not Padalecki. That's Sam's last name. I'm sorry, Adrian. Um, oh gosh, she's Bobby Morse in Agent. Palicki. Yeah. Uh, and uh, very close last name. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah Pal- Palicki, I think. I uh, and uh, yeah, that starts them off on this uh, journey of basically sort of a monster of the week show where every week they encounter a new sort of bad guy, whether it be a ghost. At the beginning, it's a lot of ghosts and, like, hauntings. Um, And uh, while they're trying to, in the beginning, find their dad. And uh, that's that's the basic premise. Like, boilerplate, probably how they pitched it to, you know, the producers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, very quickly, you learn that it's very much about how these brothers interact with each other. Um, that is probably the core of the entire show, I feel like, is how the, the two... Uh, and that's really kind of what kept me watching early on when I was very, very tempted to just stop because I couldn't stomach a lot of the stuff in the show. Um, and just to make it clear, it's not because the show's especially horrifying. I mean, it's a cable show. It's more that I just have a very weak stomach for this kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they... Uh, you know, each episode... Early on, each episode basically takes the structure of a sort of monster of the week kind of thing where they find out that something's happening, they go to investigate, they, you know, trick people into thinking that they are people of authority who should be there to, to check into things, and they go on from there. Like FBI and, agents. Yeah. Uh, they do uh, a lot of pretending to be police officers and FBI agents and so on, which is very illegal, <laughs> uh, and becomes a story point later on. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and they just, they figure it out, they put people to rest, and so on, while little bits of the overarching story kind of are sprinkled throughout the season. And, you know, I really enjoy, uh, the monster of the week and the overarching story. There, there's some bad episodes in seasons one through five. I, I don't want anyone to think that seasons one through five is like, you know, every season is amazing. It, it's a show. Some episodes are bad. Uh, but overall, season one through five are great. And they do a great job of balancing that monster of the week versus uh, building up to some sort of overarching slow build story. And it's really slow build. You, like when you look back after you've seen season five and you look back over what happened in seasons one through five, you're like, wow, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, and cause at the beginning, you know, as I said before, the big bad is a demon, a singular demon and ki kind of like in Buffy, the vampire slayer, right? How the big bad in season one is just a vampire. Right. Uh, and things possess progressively get scarier and badder from there. But in seasons one through five, we escalate from a demon to Lucifer, the devil himself, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, these are two boys who in season one basically said a demon would be almost impossible to kill on our own. Like the most we can do is, uh, uh, what's the word? Depossess someone. There's a word for uh, that. Uh, exercise. Exercise the demon. That's the most we can do. Right. It, that doesn't yeah. really kill the demon. It just like sends them somewhere else. Uh, and we can't really kill it, but they've, they're trying to kill the yellow-eyed demon who killed their mom because of revenge and all of that. And so they're trying to figure out the way to kill a demon. And in the end, you go from a demon being unkillable to dealing with Lucifer and Michael and the apocalypse, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you go from, uh, you know, they're set up to think that, okay, these two are competent hunters, but there are other ones out there, and their dad was especially good at it. To being to by the end of season five, they're like, okay, there have never been hunters as good as these two. Like, there can't have been, right? I mean, that's the impression that you feel like should be true, uh, and and it and does. There's reasons for that, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. You have the whole Sam demon blood, yellow eyed demon business going on. Uh, yes. You have the reason why Michael and Lucifer are so invested in the Winchesters. I mean, there are reasons. They're they're not just you know magical for the sake of being magical within the show there are reasons not not that they're magical but they're not just special there there's reasons for them to be special yeah yeah there are very specific reasons and and it, it becomes a thing where it's not just coincidence it's like no, no no there's a reason that these two are the people the show is centered on because and it starts from that first episode why was the demon in the nursery 
Right. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's one of the things where when we get to the later stuff that I feel like the thread, the show loses the thread a little bit because it continues to escalate, but then you continue to have other people come in who are, I guess, not impressed. It's like, no, but everybody should realize that these two are just so beyond other humans in terms of what they've dealt with. Um, and you know, a lot of things later seasons lose thread of. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so it, it is very much that, like you said, that level of that degree of escalation it's very pronounced, but it makes total sense in the first five seasons. Like, it makes sense and comes to a culmination. And you and I have both said multiple times that at the end of that, it's like, well, clearly, if it ended there, that's a perfect place for it to end. Because it's like, okay, you're dealing with the apocalypse. You can't really get bigger than that. and um, <laughs> yep. Or so we thought, I guess. Uh, and, I mean, I really appreciate the slow build of season one through five. Um, yeah. There's something in seasons one through three... Dean is adamant that there are no angels and there is no God. There are just demons. Uh, and who knows? Demons are just, as far as he knows, you know, exist. And we don't know why. Are the people, cre- I think they eventually find out that, of course, there are people who died and went to hell and are tortured and come back. But I don't remember when that discovery uh, is. I think it's somewhere around season three, four. Um, but he's, Sam is very, wants to believe in God, uh, wants to believe that there's a higher power out there. And Dean just kind of laughs at him and is like, there are no angels, there are no God. And Sam's like, but if there are demons, don't there have to be angels? Don't there have to be? And Sam and Dean's like, who's ever seen an angel? No one, no one has ever seen an angel. (laughs) And then season four happens and holy crap is Castiel's entrance. Like one of the, like it sticks in my mind as still one of the greatest, just like scenes of him like the sounds and him walking into that barn i didn't even rewatch this episode <laughs> and i it can is, still just see it in my mind <laughs> it's absolutely like it, it, he's he is overwhelming you know and and that's kind of how you feel like an angel should be introduced yep um yeah and, and Misha Collins like, is amazing <laughs> yeah he's like i am an angel of the lord and they're like what <laughs> that's a thing <laughs> we didn't know there were angels uh why did you take so long to get here and then of course this is all related to the lucifer michael showdown but uh dean had died at the end of season three which yeah. um season three is a short season uh and that's because of the writer's strike which i didn't know until someone told me i was like why are there so few episodes in the season um the season three coincides with the writer's strike that ruined a lot of or ended a lot of great shows, but not Supernatural. Uh, and uh, Dean dies at the end of season three because of a deal he made to save Sam at the end of season two. Uh, and uh, he goes to hell, and uh, uh, Castiel is the angel of the Lord who raised him from perdition. <laughs> it's, it's just really great. It gives me chills. It, is, it really is great. And uh, I'm try- I try to remember the uh, marks on Dean's back. Um from when he's raised out of hell. Like, I, I forget how persistent those were. They're not very. <laughs> They're not. They, they, were they just there when he comes up and then they go away? Or No, so it's so it's like a handprint, right? That's on right. Dean. Um, and it's not that they go away. It's that they very rarely show Dean shirtless. Um, oh. So we don't see it. And uh, I, Which yeah. is a little odd if you consider this is the same network that has Arrow on it. Yeah. <laughs> this is pre-Arrow, though, and I don't know if they knew how much they could do in terms of, you know, shirtless men. men. And I also <laughs> don't know how comfortable these actors are being shirtless versus, That's say, uh, the actor who plays Arrow, who seems quite comfortable being shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there, so there's a, 
there's a lot there, of course, you know, Dean deny like you know he gets pulled out of hell uh his memories of it are not present at first and then he gets them back um is that yes that's right uh which is not the first time that that happens um or not the last time excuse me not the last time that that happens uh and also that them you know defying fate for the sake of each other you, you know you kind of accept that dean goes to hell because or you know because he saves Sam, and you get that either of these brothers would do the same thing for each other. But then Dean is back, and so that means both of them have dodged death. Um, there, which- there's something very interesting in these early seasons uh, that I had forgotten until I rewatched Swan Song, which is the last episode of season five last night. Um, Dean does make the deal to save Sam at the end of season two, but. When Dean dies at the end of season three, Sam doesn't do anything to bring Dean back because he knows he can't. Yeah. And then uh, when Sam dies at the end of season five, Dean doesn't do anything to bring Sam back because he knows he can't. Like, they accept death as being more powerful than them at this point. (laughs) Which will lead into some problems that we have with later Uh, seasons. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, Dean coming back from death leads into this whole apocalypse storyline, because what we later learn is that Dean broke down in hell and started torturing other souls, because uh, your choice was either be tortured or torture, and Dean, it felt like he was in hell for a lot longer than he really was. And this kind of build... you know, you could think is just part of the nature of hell, if you you think about it. Endless, endless, endless. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... uh, this is part of kind of the in seasons one through five there's kind of a very clear uh story arcs for dean and sam in that if this is the story of the prodigal son sam is the prodigal and dean is the brother who stayed uh but instead of being bitter about it you know dean is just like working for the dad because that's what he's supposed to do um and so uh dean is kind of this good son uh this righteous man and the reason why uh the uh the apocalypse starts when he starts torturing people in hell is because it's uh, there's some prophecy about a righteous man being broken. Um, and that's what starts the apocalypse. Uh, and so that's why the angels come back, because it's the apocalypse, uh, which we later... part of that. Yeah, yeah, which we later learn is a family feud between Michael and Lucifer. <laughs> uh, isn't every... I mean, again, <laughs> as the series goes on, pretty much everything's a family feud. yeah. Yeah, and I guess thinking back about it, Lucifer is also a character I knew was in the show because um, there were a lot of gift sets having to do with Lucifer. But Lucifer doesn't come in till season five. Uh, he is not brought out until the end of season four. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so he becomes the big bad of one season, basically. Yeah. Uh, also, interestingly, this is our second episode in a row where we're talking about a thing with a with a Lucifer character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We should say, uh, all of the theology and supernatural is really questionable and, uh, blasphemous depending (laughs) on your, uh, religious leanings. It it takes its liberties. Let's say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I remember I was talking to someone one time about this show who wasn't familiar about supernatural and I, and I was like, and God, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, but not real God, supernatural God. (laughs) (laughs) And they were just confused. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I, every single time we talk about this, I just kind of want to skip to the future, but we, we still I have. Know. <laughs> oh, and so something um, we learn here is that God is gone, right? No one knows yeah. where God is. Angels included. They just don't know. And the, um, angel, the archangels have been pretending that God is still around and that they're getting orders from him because the lower angels, I guess, never 
interact with God anyway. Uh, so they just assume that Michael and the other archangels know what's up. Right. Um, how many are we introduced to? How many archangels are we introduced to? In, All of them at some this, point, right? Yeah. Because uh, we, we need a Michael we need Gabriel. Or, Gabriel. Yeah, there's a my namesakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Uh, Uriel. Is Uriel an archangel or just a high up angel? Uh, that's a good. I would question. have to. I would have to Google it. Um, I know that the the important brothers for the sake of the show is uh, uh, Lucifer, Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel. Yeah, Uriel's just an angel. He's not a. I, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So the archangels. I mean, certainly the brothers is a uh, Raphael one as well. Oh, maybe. I think he is. I mean, I think he is canonically like in you know actual like Catholic. Uh, yeah, one of the four archangels. So it's uh, he's older than Gabriel, younger than Michael and Lucifer. So Michael and Lucifer are the older two, then Gabriel, uh, then uh, Raphael, then Gabriel. Right, and Michael's the oldest, and that's why uh, Michael and Lucifer basically want to take over. The, an angel needs a vessel, right, uh, on Earth to interact with people, um, and so Castiel's vessel is this random dude uh, who uh, is designed after. Uh, Constantine. <laughs> yeah. I, but, and a, a big thing is that the vessel has to grant you permission. Right. The vessel has to say yes. A demon can possess someone against their will. But Lucifer is not a demon. He is an angel. So Lucifer cannot possess anyone against their will. They have to say yes. Uh, and to play out their apocalypse, Michael and Lucifer need vessels. But since they're archangels, they basically need awesome vessels. They need strong vessels. Um, most, most wouldn't do. Whereas Castiel and a lot of other uh, angels... Anybody who grants permission will do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we learned that all of this feeding Sam demon blood, everything like that, uh, which was from episode one, that's what the demon was doing in Sam's nursery, was feeding him blood, was to make Sam stronger so he could be Lucifer's vessel. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Dean is being set up to be Michael's vessel because Dean is the older brother, Sam is the younger brother, uh, and Michael is the oldest archangel. And Lucifer, I think, is second oldest. But yes. Michael was the oldest brother, so he's supposed to be Dean, uh, so that you have this older brother, younger brother conflict embodied by uh, the people that reflect them on Earth. Oh, man. This is really heavy, if you think about it. It's really good, too. Uh, it's, it's so good. And, you know, the, the flash forward to the future scenes where we see, uh, you know, Lucifer in Sam's body and just how well these actors are able to portray their characters playing other characters uh, yeah. throughout the whole show is astounding. You know, uh, later, much later, spoiler. Um, well, I guess we see Lucifer in three different vessels and all of those vessels feel like Lucifer. Like it doesn't matter which actor is playing Lucifer. It feels like Lucifer. And that's just uh, great acting. Yeah, it it really is. And and presumably great directing as well because, you know, you get that performance from pretty consistently. Uh yeah, it, it's 
it holds up really well. And it's one of the things, again, like I mentioned before, I don't mind or I really don't like it when people listen to spoiler things. And I don't like talking about spoilers when I, I know people who haven't seen a thing will listen to. But all of us talking about this, I don't think it detracts at all from somebody going back and rewatching the first five seasons. No. Uh, it, I really, you know, it holds up even if you already know the general details and how big it gets. Um and yeah, the the mythology portion does get bigger and bigger. Um, you have all kinds of weird things about grace being stolen from angels, and um, which you know the grace is essentially their power, but it can be forcefully taken. Uh, I don't it's like a very that. odd thing. <laughs> it, it's a very odd thing because the grace is basically like blood, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Um, I- and yeah. one thing about seasons four and five that the show loses later, and we'll talk about this, especially in season eight, is how scary angels are. Even yeah. Castiel, who's our kind of like huggable angel, in season four and five, he's kind of unknowable and uh, even a little bit scary at times. They're very much not human is mm-hmm. the thing, right? They, and it, in this beginning, in this opening to the show, like – you really do get the impression that these are different uh, creations of God. And there is, there was something missing in these, which is why he wanted to make humans. Uh, You know, they're not, they're not especially friendly. They, they're kind of playing a role or playing a part that they feel like they're supposed to be playing rather than, you know, really doing their own thing. And it, and that does get very muddied later on. Yeah, and speaking of humans' creation, we learn within the context of the show in the first five seasons, because uh, things yeah. come up later, whatever, uh, that the reason why Lucifer is bad in this uh, is because uh, he re- he resented the creation of humans. Uh, he thought God loved the humans more, uh, and he thought God expected him to serve these humans when he says he just wanted to serve God. Uh uh, and uh, so it's kind of like this whole super family feud where it's like you and your brothers, right? And then suddenly there's this like new, much younger little kid who's maybe like a half sibling, and you resent them. And uh, yeah, so he, he's essentially a jealous, a jealous son, basically. Yeah. But he's jealous of you know billions. <laughs> and he's very, I mean, the whole thing, and the show is consistent about this from season one to season eleven. Lucifer is jealous for God's attention. Yes, absolutely. He wants to be God's favorite. He wants to be God's number one son. Right. Um, and it's interesting, of course, because in I, – I believe this is brought out even in the uh, in the first five where it's like the, uh, the other archangels could feel that way about Lucifer and they just have chosen not to. Right. Um, so – which does it, make them – It's almost yeah. like the other archangels are – like Lucifer – has more emotions and we, they create more reasons for that later in season 11 and whatever. Uh, (laughs) But it's almost like the other archangels just don't have as many emotions as Lucifer has. And almost like Lucifer was corrupted. One might say. Uh, (laughs) um, So all of this, we should maybe talk about Chuck in seasons one through five. (laughs) Chuck. Uh, when is he introduced exactly? He's it's pretty early. It's with the angels, though. So probably season four. Okay. Uh, and he is, I'm trying to think which, what the specific episode is that he's, uh. I don't remember the specific episode title. I just remember he's sitting at his computer writing. I found it. And the boys knock on the door. It's the, uh, 
The 18th episode of season four is called The Monster at the End of This Book. <laughs> That's appropriate. Yeah. And, uh, and that is basically what happens is Sam and Dean, they discover a book called Supernatural, and it is an accurate story of their real lives. Mm-hmm. So they find the author, and his name is Chuck Shirley. And at first, the author doesn't believe Sam and Dean are Sam and Dean, because apparently Supernatural has a huge cult following uh, with a large fandom, a uh, devoted fandom. Uh, but, uh, when Sam and Dean say their last name is Winchester, apparently at that point, uh, Chuck had not actually put their last name in the books and he's like, holy crap. Uh, and what we learn according to this episode is that Chuck is a prophet of the Lord. Yes. Uh, which is great. And it's cause we're introduced to that concept, uh, through them. And, uh, this is. In this whole context, they've, of course, Sam and Dean have been dealing with various angels, including uh, Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole whole big thing about, um, what is it? Chuck has a vision of the future, and I think Zechariah doesn't, doesn't let him tell Sam and Dean about it. Well, and the prophets of the so, Lord are protected by the angels. Right. Um, and this... So they're seeing important things, and Chuck is seeing things about Sam and Dean. Uh, but this introduces, like, two kind of aspects in Supernatural. One, there's Chuck, who can see things that are happening to them and see more than is happening to them. Uh, so in later episodes, uh, sometimes they will call Chuck or be like, Hey, Chuck, do you know what's yeah. going on? Have the angels told you what's going Like, can you hear what's going on? Because uh, we need to know where this event, like the apocalypse, is going down. <laughs> um, yeah. And Chuck can tell them. But it also introduces the meta discussion of fandom within the show. Yes, because absolutely. And it's now Supernatural is books. <laughs> exactly. And it means that Sam and Dean get to interact with their fans uh, later on in the show, um, which is just a great little touch. Yeah. Um, oh, man, Chuck. We can't, we can't talk too much about Chuck. We can't talk, talk too much about Chuck. He's, uh, he's also present in season five. Yes. A couple of times he's, as well. Yeah. He's in the very... So I rewatched Swan Song last night, which is the last episode of season five. It is the Apocalypse episode. And that's the one that Chuck is narrating. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and that one is also the one that ends with Chuck disappearing. That's right. Uh, and is that he's narrating? Is he talking about the Impala itself? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That episode, I remember when that opened up, I, I just I had to stop after that because that, that it was just such a good, good way to structure an episode. Um, that's one of the things, too. One of the things that the show in general does really well is it'll they'll pick random things to do. Um, in an episode just to present it differently just because, just to make things more interesting. And of course, I mean, we've seen this before, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer did the, the musical episode and you get things like that. have done it. Yeah. But Supernatural does it a lot where they'll like find some central conceit to an episode and just run with it. Like the black Um, and white monster, like old monster movie episode or. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The Um, episode that's entirely from the car's perspective. Yes. Um, so anyways, I, I really like that a lot. Worth highlighting. It's just a, it's a fun show to watch from the, again, it addresses fandom. It realizes like what kinds of fan service it can do that its fans will get a kick out of, 
without really undermining the show. Well, I, I think what's interesting is early, I, th- I think they really struggled with fandom. Um, I think some of the early fandom episodes were not necessarily very nice to fandom. Uh, But slowly over the course of all 11 seasons, uh, Supernatural writers have learned to embrace their fandom. Of course, all of this culminating in season 10's fan fiction episode, which was beautiful. And like, oh, it was like the perfect ode to fandom. But some Mm. of the earlier episodes uh, with Chuck in season four uh, that have this idea of fandom... uh, there, it's almost a little bit of a mean portrayal. Like, if you look at Becky, who's the early season kind of representation of fandom, it's kind of like this view of, like, the over-obnoxious, over-obsessed girl who just wants to, like, hit them over the head and have sex with them and, you know, take them home. And it's it's a very, very skewed view of fandom. And then by the time you get to fan fiction in season 10, you see the director who just really wants to tell her story. Uh, and it's not so much that she loves Sam or Dean, it's that she loves the story and how she wants to, uh, you know, have the story continue. And so I feel like the early, it was kind of the supernatural writers jabbing at fandom. And then by the end, they're like, oh, we actually understand that these people love the show as much as we do. Well, uh, you know, and I think that's a big thing is that the early view is the unhealthy take that you see a lot where people will where somebody who owns, uh, you know, or a creator is like, you know what, this is mine. Stop trying to make it yours. You just experience it the way that I intend you to versus later on was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I get that this thing that I made that you love, there's a sort of sense of communal ownership and that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it, it was neat to see sort of the creators, essentially their perspective change as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, before we leave seasons one through five, uh, I want to talk briefly about the uh, the Sam and Dean wanted by the cops FBI kind of storyline. Uh, yeah. So something season one through five does really well is that the major overarching continuity is solid. There are little things that you know are discontinuous between episodes. Uh, like whether saying Cristo to a demon makes them flinch or not. But, you know, uh, they're basically, there's an episode that makes Dean wanted by the cops for committing a murder uh, that, spoiler, he didn't commit. Uh, And uh, that does not go away. That follows them for seasons and doesn't get resolved until season four uh, when uh, I think it's, they're all like, the FBI agent who's been following them and Sam and Dean are like in a sheriff's station. And then like Lilith shows up and And they're fighting Lilith together. And then he realizes, Holy crap, this is why you guys are doing what you're doing. Like you're fighting this the whole time. And he's like, and he, you know, that guy unfortunately dies if I recall correctly. Right. I believe that's true. Yeah. But he basically at the end, he's like, you guys are heroes. And I like, you know, if I were to go back, there's no way I could forget this. Like, I don't know that I could go back and do what I've been doing, knowing that this exists and that you're out there fighting for us essentially. Um, and it's, it's fascinating of course, because there's plenty that Sam D do that is, you know, they're stealing identities. They're all caught into credit card fraud, but really the only reason they're doing that is because it's the only way they can continue to fight monsters. It's true. (laughs) But some of those monsters do in the eyes of the government count as murdering people. Right. Uh, Because some of those monsters have identities. (laughs) Right, absolutely. So that's the thing is like you would basically have to change the entire. The only way for them to 
not to be guilty in the eyes of the government is to basically remove all the night, like, you know, make, make the rest of society no longer ignorant of it, which is kind of not a thing that they, if they could do it might not be what they would want to do because they feel, you know, you know, they'd be basically removing a whole lot of people's happiness like that. You know, they feel like it's their job to maintain everyone's ignorance of what's going on for real. Um, is there anything else in seasons one through five we want to bring up here? Uh, not really. I mean, if you want to know more about this, you know, watch it. <laughs> yeah. And I just got to say again, season, the last episode of season five is the perfect series finale. It, it really, is the really perfect is. series finale. Minus the last one second where they show Sam's live. I could have done without that. Yeah. Uh, but it is so perfect. The show should have ended there. Done. Yeah. I, and so that's a big thing. If you are going to watch this, if you just want to watch the first five seasons and not commit to an 11 show season, that is fine. We highly recommend that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because after that you deal with seasons six and seven. Uh, season six and seven. Uh, <sighs> as I mentioned earlier, season six is almost, is a season that almost killed my resolve to watch this show. <laughs> yeah. It, season six was very much a, what are they doing with this show? They didn't what, what, know what they were doing. No, they didn't because they had no storyline to follow anymore. Well, the writer who was the head writer for seasons one through five left because he was like, I'm done telling my story. But the show was still making money. So the producers wanted to continue it. And they had no idea what to do with themselves in season six. No idea. And how do you tell a story after the apocalypse has happened? Like, you know, a big part of the show has been the escalation and you learning more and more. And now it's like, well, everything's smaller than a, the war between the archangels. Yeah, right? apparently we go to purgatory. I, I don't even know. Yeah. It's yeah. not the, good. The, the, the purgatory was bad. The, the aftermath was Sam. bad. Ugh. Soulless Sam was just stupid. And it's just like, no. I'm, he is so much. Uh, Honestly, I've locked most of these seasons out of my mind. Like, I couldn't remember when the Leviathan came in and, like, what season Dean was actually in purgatory and where Benny actually showed up. And I had to Google it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just, it's not great. Um, it, it really is kind of the lost years of the show. They're just the really, ugh. this is also kind of the years where they kind of start destroying Castiel's character. Like not just his quite no, a, quite a bit, but, yeah. but, but him, like they, they turn like, this is the first time they start turning a main character into like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, in season six, they basically kind of turned Castiel into a bad guy, and I did not enjoy that. I did not like that. Castiel is supposed to be this angel. He's supposed to know what's up. He was supposed to go back to heaven and try to instate order now that the archangels were gone. And instead, what do we get? He's like, I don't know, trying to keep all the monsters of purgatory inside of him. Uh, he basically instituted himself as God, really. Yeah. Like, and, and it's just, no, I don't buy that Castiel would do that. Castiel's not power hungry enough to do that. No. And it, it, you know, it's the, there's of course always the idea that I, the common knowledge that, or the common accepted wisdom that absolute power corrupts absolutely. But I don't, you know, I'm pretty sure that Castiel as an angel isn't supposed to be a character. I mean, he's how old is Castiel? You know, thousands of years old, thousands of years. Like he's not a person whose character would change that quickly. And I don't buy it because I mean, in context of everything we know, the archangels were not corrupt. They were, they were 
trying to convince the other god was still there because it didn't want things to happen in chaos. And then the apocalypse was something written out by God that was supposed to happen. They were just following the script God had left them. That's not corruption. <laughs> right. You know, and then Castiel, it's just like all of the angel stuff that happens from like season six through eight, I'm just so over. I, yeah. I'm just like, no. It's just bad. Um, it also escalates things, of course, to the fact that like now angels are no longer significant. They're no longer powerful. Like, yeah, it's this weird thing where they almost make angels no, no more powerful or barely more powerful than demons. Which, of course, demons were supposed to be super powerful at one point, you know. And but Castiel was so much more powerful than a mere demon, right? Exactly. And it's like these angels. Basically, they're just too many angels. Like, yeah, It, it really watered down the importance of the angels because they became things that you feel like okay, humans can fight them, and it's like that's that shouldn't be how it is. No. Um, you know, it should be the kind of thing where if angels are around and Sam and Dean are around, the angels clearly have a vast, vast, vast upper hand, but Sam and Dean might surprise them because they underestimate them. Right. The like, only thing Sam and Dean had to use against the angels was that ruin that would send the angel away. Right. And even then, that's like, you know, that it's, it's not like, I mean, that takes setup and, you know, blood, right? Mm-hmm. Does it take their own blood? So, yes. Yeah. Unless you're going to keep a vial of blood on you, like... Yeah. Which actually, at this point, might be a good idea for Sam. Yeah, they probably keep several, just strapped around their waist, like little, uh, little... Basically, nothing interesting happens in season six and seven. I can't even think of anything that's, like, overarching important that happens in six and seven, other than Crowley becomes king of hell. Yeah. Um, which is also... So, as someone who loves Crowley, uh... That whole thing is very weird. If you just think about kind of the the way that the mythology felt in the first five seasons, Crowley as King of Hell is just never all that – it never makes that much sense to me. No. But he's, he was ahead of the demon the deals. He's not like – like he was in charge of the sector of hell that had to do with demon deals, right? The crossroad demons. Like right. how does someone going be, from being in charge of crossroad demons to being King of Hell? I just don't know. Yeah, like why? I mean, is he that much more powerful than all the other demons? I mean, I guess because the yellow-eyed demon's gone too, like and and Lilith is gone. But I would Lilith. have to think that uh, there was someone between the Azazel Lilith level and Crowley. Like, are you yeah. really telling me there's a whole like echelon of demons that don't exist? Yeah, it, it's very weird um, because you know I'm willing to believe that Crowley is more powerful than like standard demons. But it feels like there should be somebody above him. Um, it was also really weird to me because I think these are the seasons that had the mother of monsters thing going on. And they like something that was weird to me was they said Lilith was the mother of demons and something that's kind of uh, non-canon Christianity, I guess, in that it's not in the Bible. Right. But it's kind of right. like uh, I don't want to call it Catholic lore because I'm not sure that's the right phrase and I don't want to offend anyone. But is that. Oral Lilith. tradition of some kind, I guess. Right. There, there's like an oral tradition that Lilith was Adam's wife first, but she something went wrong with her, and so God like sent her out, and she was supposed to be. That's why she is the mother of demons in the show. But that also kind of like in 
Christian mythology, non-canonical, and as in not in the Bible, like means she's the mother of like, you know, monsters, if there were any. And then so now we had these two different characters who are kind of the same role, uh, which was confusing to me. <laughs> but yeah. I understand it's supernatural and they do whatever they want with anyone's, you know, associated mythology. But I was just like, I thought that's what Lilith was supposed to be in the show. And now we created a new mother of monsters? Like, what? Yeah, it is very... Again, you know, it, it, this is not a unique problem to this show, but when you have something that goes on for this long, the just the way that escalation happens, again, I mean, you start the thing of the problem is that you have to somehow top the apocalypse and then you just start trying to make up really, really huge things. And there's just not that much to work with that can be on the same scale as the apocalypse. There's nothing know? that can be. <laughs> um, so, so instead, you just keep having repeat apocalypses. Yeah, Apocalypse somehow I? this all ends. <laughs> Apocalypse I. <laughs> uh, I think it's apocalypses. Because it's the apocalypse and there's a P. It's not like ap- apocalypses. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, somehow this all ends with Dean being in purgatory, and I don't even know why or how. But uh, so when we start season eight, uh, Dean, so this is our next set of episodes, seasons eight, eight through ten. Uh, Dean comes back. Dean and Castiel were in Purgatory. Dean comes back from Purgatory. I don't think he has Castiel with him. Uh, this is when Benny comes. So this is he when Benny comes. comes. In with Benny, yeah. And uh, so this is where I'm going to talk about Dean for a moment. Dean and Benny. Dean and all his boys. Uh, yeah. So there's a very strong push in fandom for. Uh, bisexual Dean Winchester. Because uh, we cannot deny, deny Dean loves the ladies. Because he loves he the ladies. Because he very much does. He, in fact, at, in one episode, has sex with a former porn star who has been abstinent for a while. And yeah. he brings her out of that, I don't know, brings yeah. her out of abstinence. It's it was weird. a very weird moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Uh, you know, and the writers continually try to deny that they're ever, I, I think the phrase is queer baiting uh, people with Dean. But Dean's relationships with other males are like foundational to this show. And the first time that I was really like, other than the siren episode, where there's this episode pretty early on where there's a siren who turns into what appeals to men the most to seduce them, uh, which is usually a lady for Dean is a dude. Uh, And then Dean and Benny is so like so much subtext so yeah. much subtext. Like I, I was mean, watching there's it. There's so much and I was subtext like, that it's like the regular text, text. becomes super text at this point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's so much subtext here that it might as well just be like Dean went to super, Dean went to purgatory and came back with a boyfriend. Like, yeah. Uh, but the show continues to deny any of these types of things. And of course there's a huge push in fandom for Dean and Castiel, uh, which, you know, the first time I watched the show, I was like, I don't really see that actually. Like, because I feel like Dean and Ca- Dean and Castiel have a weird relationship because Castiel's an angel. Um, but Dean and Benny, Benny, I feel like they were hitting you over the head with it. Cause that's like, you come back at season eight, Sam has a girlfriend. Dean has a vampire. Yeah. I mean, they very much are hitting you over the head. And and it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, yeah, I know that you two made a deal and you work together to get out of purgatory, but that doesn't develop the kind of attachment that Dean and Benny had. And if like, Benny had been a girl vampire, there would, there would have been kissing. Like, cause oh, the show would have allowed, but that's, it, it's that kind of relationship that was like, 
Yeah. Yeah, the subtext. But also, if it was a girl vampire, she would have died really quickly. Um. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Women don't live in Supernatural. (laughs) It's so sad. They're so great. Yeah, so I I don't know what the show... I, I don't know why it's not willing to go there, considering it's been on uh, on as long as it has been. And they've given in to a lot of other fan things, so you know. And they keep feeding this. That's the thing yeah. is when they brought out when they brought Benny, I was like, you're you're just feeding the fire by this point, right? I really feel like whatever they're saying, whatever they say, they are totally just messing with people. Like oh, yeah. I, I feel like the, the writers are just having fun with it, and will probably continue to do so without being ex- like explicitly bringing it up. But, uh, supernatural. So yeah, Dean has a vampire boyfriend, uh, that he, uh, sacrifices at one point because the whole point of season eight is let's close the gates of hell. Yeah. So we, there's no more demons on earth. That seems like a great idea. How does that I go think for them, it Michael? does sound like a great idea. It's, it sounds great until they decide that they want to be the bad guys and, uh, go back on it last minute because, because one of them has to go away, too. Which is so different from the end of season five. At the end yes. of season five, Dean was not only willing to let Sam die. He was willing to let Sam be in the pit with Lucifer for yeah, eternity. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it really goes, to, like, over the course of season six, seven, and eight, you're basically like, okay, Sam and Dean have turned from actual outright heroes to they, they've become worse people. You know, like, they've become worse people. They are selfish. They are... They're doing this not because they want to save everybody, but because they don't know anything else. And, and it's like, guys, no, no, no. There is no way that refusing to close the gates of hell when you've done all this work to do it because your brother is going gonna, is gonna to die. Like, there's no way that's the right decision by any measure. It's like, no, you just let your brother rot in hell because it saves the earth from demons ever coming back. Yeah, like, and then they release what? Abaddon who is a knight of hell. And the only way for them to stop them is is for Dean to get the mark of Cain, which then turns him into a demon, which then leads to the whole darkness thing. And we have three seasons of the boys being the bad guys. And it was so demoralizing that I almost stopped watching the show. Yep. Same. I mean, we we, going into season 11, you and I, I think it was maybe via text. I was like, Hey, are you watching season 11? And you hadn't started yet. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I decided that I'm only going to give it, like, three episodes to to grab me. And then, you know, we'll get You're to that You're the one later, who but... convinced me to watch it, because I yeah. almost didn't at all. I well, was and like... I almost didn't, but I decided I was going to give myself a limited amount yeah. of time to watch it before I gave up. After the end of season 10, I was like, I'm done. That's it. The boys are bad guys. What is the point? Why would I keep watching this show? They've been bad guys for three seasons. At no point have they redeemed themselves in these three seasons. They should have just died in the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Somewhere in here, we also get, in seasons 8 through 10, we get the Men of Letters. Yes, um, which is neat because it finally gives Sam and Dean a base of other operations. Other than their car. Yeah, yeah other than their car. So that's, that's a nice little thing. Uh, it gives them a, a relatively secure, for a while, base of operations. Um, we've completely skipped over Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Um, I love Charlie. I love Charlie, too. Uh, Felicia Day does an awesome job as an intermittent character in in the show. Um, oh, that's right. Who, she was brought in during the Leviathan, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she was brought in during that whole thing. And then, you know, during seasons 8 through 10, she also uh, is it, 
Yeah, it's she's in this like season. a computer hacker. Um, so she's like super good at computers. She's super nerdy. She's into LARPing. Uh, she's uh, uh, a lesbian, and uh, there's some pretty funny scenes between her and Dean about that. Where like Dean, she like tells he. Dean tells her what to say to like seduce a guard at some point, which is hilarious. Which is very uh, funny. And then there's some scenes where like she'll make some kind of objectifying comment about a woman and like the two of them will make like, you know, acknowledge each other. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's that. basically the little sister Dean never had. Yeah. Uh, and Who is also into girls. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and because Sam never, Sam and Dean don't look at girls the same way. Uh, but I feel like Charlie and Dean kind of do. <laughs> yeah, they, they totally do. Uh, <laughs> It is very, very funny. And then is it during season t- 10 that that uh, that we say goodbye to her? Yes. Yeah, it was very sad. It was because it women was. can't stay alive in the show for very long. No, um, they, they kill off female characters all the time. The only character who's still alive is Jody Mills. And the only reason why I'm convinced she's allowed to stay alive is because she's old. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing is like a young woman who can stay alive like they can would just be too. Well, I mean, I guess. No, because Charlie, Charlie is so inner. She's not a hunter. Yeah. Like that's like saying Chuck shouldn't have been able to stay alive. You like, know, you know what it is, though? It's their the, the boys, even when they're bad guys, they have this this thing where, you know, they have to protect other people. And so and of course, because of kind of the guys that they are, they're more protective of women than men. And so I think just using women in their lives who die as a prop to make them feel terrible is, yeah, it's all is like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they killed Bobby, too. That's true. Who we've barely Ooh. talked about at all. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really talked about Bobby. He, oh, man. And it's interesting, because when you're first introduced, he's, like, a guy they know. Yeah. But pretty quickly, he's like, oh, no, he's their surrogate dad. Yeah. Um, the Leviathan kill uh-huh. him, too. Yeah. Leviathan did a lot. A lot of damage. I hate the Leviathan. <laughs> and oh, I don't hate man. them, as in I hate, like, let's say I hate Lucifer, right? Like, I love to hate Lucifer. Uh, I just hate the Leviathan. Lucifer felt like a great bad guy. <laughs> Leviathan was just like, ugh. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, yeah. yeah. It was rough. Uh, anyways, There's also this yes. whole segment in here where Sam gets possessed by an angel. Like, I don't even remember. I don't, I don't even remember, remember honestly. There is a time period where Sam is this angel called Gadriel. Uh, and I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> and I don't remember how it resolves. I just remember thinking, does Sam never get to be himself anymore? Who even is Sam anymore? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's in season eight. Because remember, all the angels fell from heaven. Because heaven got closed. Right. Metatron? Right, right. I, I don't know. I, You know, it's oh, amazing Metatron that I... mess and stuff with Kevin. And... Yeah, I've watched season eight through ten more recently than I've watched seasons one through five. But it's so chaotic that I barely remember what happened. Yeah, because there's the whole thing with the, the tablets from God's creation uh, that gives you insight into things. And if you can read them, you can figure out how to destroy demons and then angels and then all that. Ugh. It was a mess. It was a mess. It, it was... Uh... And, you know, six through seven was a mess, uh, but at least Sam and Dean were still arguably good guys. Eight through ten is a mess, and Sam and Dean are bad guys. And you're just like, would someone kill them already? So, I mean, the biggest takeaway from eight through ten is that we both were seriously thinking about quitting the show 
when we started 10 right. or started at 11. The, at the end of 10, the, the boys unleash this thing called the darkness, which we later learn is God's sister. Uh, but anyway, they unleash it when they save Dean from the mark of Cain. So he's like connected to her because Dean got like turned in. I actually didn't mind Demon Dean, actually. I thought Demon Dean could have gone interesting places and they didn't do anything good with it. Um, yeah, they really didn't use it to. I thought that's how they were going to redeem Dean and Sam was by having Dean turn into this demon. And then they have to go on this whole like soul cleansing quest. Yeah, they. I mean, and you could even do a soul cleansing quest, which at the end results in okay, yeah, you cleansed your soul, you still have to die. <laughs> like that'd yeah. be a great way to do it, you know? It's like okay, yeah, this time I'll do it because that was what we should have done before, right? But instead, they release this god on Earth that they cannot stop by god, killing death. Yeah. By killing death at that yes. too is like not you know there's so they're not just refusing to die they're actively killing death which is like death was a good guy like yeah death is totally on their side and and stuff and he's like trying to help and so on and then they're like oh no we're gonna kill death because we don't want uh, it's just ridiculous it was ridiculous And, and it's like first off god is not on this planet as far as we know at this point right there is no god i mean there is one but he's not around he's not present we unleash all of this. We, we completely dismember his order. And look, I get that Sam and Dean and Castiel kind of are supposed to, at least in seasons one through five, have represented this team free will kind of concept. But there's a difference between being free will and then like dismantling the order on which the world is built. Yeah, absolutely. As, you know, you, free will also means that you have the right to choose to do the right thing. Yeah. You have <laughs> the right to not kill death. I mean, because... Because of they end up like closing down heaven, right? They kill death. People can't go to heaven anymore. People like wh- where are the people who die go? They they're like standing in this darkness that Kevin complains about because he's dead. And it's just like they're destroying the complete order of how souls progress for themselves for their own selfish reasons. Ugh, so obnoxious. It makes me angry. I'm sorry. Yes, it really. I mean, it it should make people angry. People should be infuriated at these characters for being terrible. <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah, so we come into season 11 with the darkness being released and, um, yeah. And it gets kind of the first few episodes, you're like, okay, it's just more of the Leviathan type stuff. Like it doesn't feel any different from that. Um, I would say the first half of the season, I was just like, I'm still watching it because they haven't done anything terrible, but I don't really care about Amara and I don't care about Crowley raising her. And at this point I'm just in it for the occasional monster of the week episode. Yeah. Uh, what is the, there was definitely a turnover episode, like an episode where it finally got better. And I'm trying to remember what it was. It was definitely not the, sp- the sparkle of the unicorn man episode. I loved that uh, episode. Okay. Oh, it's hysterical. <laughs> it is funny, but it's not the episode that tur- made me feel like, Oh, the show's got promise again as a, as like an actual, well, you know, what I was saying themes. when we got through the first half of the season is if they don't bring back God, there is no point. Yes. Like what is the point of supernatural? What is the point of this season? What is the point of anything? If God is not here by the end of the season. Um, right, and eventually, when is it that we find out that Amara is God's sister? Pretty early, because I think so. That improved the chances of us thinking, okay, God's going to come back, which is you know, which gave <laughs> we us something. Say come back, but he was never there, as far as we know. Dun, dun, dun. We'll come back to Earth, yes. like from whenever he left. 
Oh, um, oh, what turned the show around? Lucifer. Because let me tell you, yes, adding yes, Lucifer yeah. into any episode just makes it a so much better episode. <laughs> and and so, it also made it feel like, hey, there's, you know, there is a sense of scale to this episode. The stakes are going up again. Right. And so while I was pissed when they were like, we're going to talk to Lucifer in the pit, because I'm like, you're just going to unleash another worse thing to stop a worse thing. But it was such a breath of fresh air to, one, have that actor back for a little while, and then, two, having Castiel play Lucifer. Lucifer, as a character, is a great character. Yeah. And it just and also, me- knowing that knowing that Lucifer is, like, totally scared of Amara, too, oh, is yeah. pretty great. Uh, because it, it, that gives us more an idea of how powerful she is than anything else they possibly did. Like they did, you know, she's like, okay, she's powerful, but we've had plenty of powerful monsters that nobody really, I mean, has any real power to oppose them, you know, but yeah. now it's like, Oh, Lucifer can't really do anything either. <laughs> huh. and, and then we learned that the mark was to, well, we kind of knew this, but the mark was to hold her in her cage. It was the key to her cage. God had entrusted it to Lucifer, um, which is why the mark of Cain, cause Cain was like, in this, he's like the head knight demon. Uh, anyway, uh, so, uh, and we learn later that the mark is what led to Lucifer's corruption. And it was because, well, although we find out later on that it was because God thought he could handle it and was wrong. Right. Well, because Lucifer um, is God's favorite. Right. <laughs> and uh, whether he realizes it or not. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff with Rowena who I've never liked. Um, I, I, and, I just wish she would die. <laughs> yeah, I really wish she had died a long time ago. I'm very confused as to why they keep bringing her back. Um, she's just Maybe not a Maybe they think we character. need a female character and they think she's the female character we want. <laughs> but she's just not a compelling character at all. No, um, no. She's just annoying at all times. Yes. And this is the thing is like annoying is exactly it. She's annoying. She's not, she's not aggravating as in a like, oh man, she keeps... And there is not anything she is doing that Charlie couldn't have done for them. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of plot points, she's just not, she's not actually important. Like the things she does that are important are not things they couldn't have gotten another character to do. And and it just gets me because they kill, it's almost like they killed Charlie so we could have Rowena. Not that those are directly correlated, but they are related. Like Charlie died because of this whole Rowena stuff. And it's just like stupid. Charlie was such a better character than Rowena, and I hate Rowena. She's pointless. She annoys everybody. No one likes her, like on the show. Uh, yeah, and it's no just other like, character likes her. Why She's is completely she lacking in any sympathy whatsoever. Like, there's no reason to be sympathetic to her about anything at no. any point. Uh, from beginning to end, whether you're talking like origin, whether you're talking any time in any point of conflict now, like there's just no reason. And it, she's just not written well. Uh, Ugh. And there's no salvaging her. Like, it's been way too long. You can't salvage a character who's been this bad for this long. Nope. Um, nope. Anyways, so we uh, so it goes for a while, and then, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens. But the really, the thing that really makes this season is we finally meet God. <laughs> and it is so good. Um, <laughs> the episode, I cried. Okay? I cried. I, I definitely did a little bit. I mean, I knew that that character was God because that's a leading theory ever since the end of episode five when he disappeared. But uh, yeah, just to have the confirmation, to have him be there, to to, to just the end of the episode where he heals that town and shows up for Sam and Dean and is just standing there and they have the Samulet and it's like lit up and tears. 
And he and they're just looking at him because they're clearly not comprehending it. But uh, they, they're like, "How can you be God?" Yeah. Well, what's the what's the line? He's like, "I we should talk or something like that." Mm-hmm. Um, because they're not. Well, at first they're not processing it. And they're just kind of like looking. Oh no, no no right they have the amulet but it's not lit up at first and they're like but this amulet is like oh right and then he snaps his fingers and suddenly it's going is like I I can turn it off yeah. <laughs> because the the amulet's supposed to light up in the presence of God and they're like oh well that explains that <laughs> so God is Chuck yes. Chuck was not a prophet of the Lord he was the Lord right uh, and right. this was a leading fan theory um, it was kind of. Uh, Interesting. He was in the fan fiction episode. He was there at the very end. And I went back and rewatched this episode last night just because I love the fan fiction episode. And one of the interesting things is Calliope, who's the bad guy in that episode, which is really stupid. Anyway, uh, she uh, is like, there's something specific about this night that makes it great. And she didn't know why. And if you look about it in the context of this, it's like, oh, because God is there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it's just... You, it, and it adds so much. This is something that does not harm season five's interpretation, right? Because uh, knowing that Chuck is God means that God set up Sam and Dean to win the apocalypse, meaning that the angels were not supposed to win, meaning God was on humanity's side, which is completely in line with the characterization they've given God in this show. Uh, yeah. And it's just so great. It's really, really great. Like, it... it... As soon as we start getting introduced to God, like so many of my negative feelings about the previous seasons, they're still there about the previous ones, but I'm like, you know what? I like this show again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this was worth it. This was worth sticking through these dark times of the I'm not sure I would recommend other people watch all those other seasons to get here, and I don't no. think you would appreciate this as much if you didn't watch them. But <laughs> I think uh, I'd almost recommend like certain episodes to get them to season 11. And yes, I don't think they'd have the same feeling of relief that we had after suffering <laughs> through all of that. Yeah, maybe like here, watch these four seasons or episodes from each season and write down the plot points that are important that happen between, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, so Chuck uh, Chuck reveals himself to Metatron, uh, which kind of blows Metatron away. Well, um, Metatron, who we've barely talked about because another stupid villain. Anyway, yeah. uh, Metatron is an angel who is God's scribe. So, and so he's the, met God before. Yes. And so the fact that God goes to Metatron is not surprising to God or Metatron. Uh, and it's just, even though we don't like Metatron... And at this point, we're kind of, it's not that we don't like God, is you're kind of like, where have you been, God? Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's still really these heart-wrenching scenes between God and Metatron. Like, uh, it's like, we don't like Metatron. <laughs> and we're angry at God. We want to know his answers. And yet these scenes still break my heart when Metatron is like, you made me feel special. You made me feel like I was important. You chose me to be your scribe. And God is like, you were just the angel closest to the door. Mm. Uh, and it, it's just, it's so, it's so great. I, I can't even like, it's, it's such a great episode. Yeah. Oof. Um, yeah, and then uh, the, we we see Kevin again, which is cool, and and they're like, "But you're dead." He's like, "Yeah, but he's God." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so, uh, and then Chuck sends Kevin to heaven, so he's not just standing around anymore, Thank which goodness. is cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we just we have to talk about how this season ended over multiple episodes. It's 
Supernatural had a season end where multi- the, the climax, the build up to the climax and the final climax was family counseling. Yeah. And it was Basically, so great. It really was. <laughs> okay. The scenes between God and Lucifer, like when, when the second episode in the, so God came back, God reveals himself to Sam and Dean episode ends, right? The next yeah. episode, I think it takes to the end of the episode for Lucifer and God to be face to face. And I think at that point I was like screaming at my TV. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was in a hotel room. So nobody, and at this point you were behind me too. And I was like, Mandy, have you seen this, the latest episode? And you're like, no, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I want so you to watch it. <laughs> I think that was the episode where God came back. And then the next oh, okay. episode I was in LA and I was actually able to watch it live. Cause I don't have okay. cable. So I usually watch it the next day. Uh, so I'm watching that episode live and it ends with Lucifer and god face to face and i'm like throwing things at the tv at this point like <laughs> oh my gosh because like that's like what we've been waiting for right yeah and then the next episode has this whole like lucifer and god sitting down and this is where we learn like i mean amara has said this before but lucifer is god's favorite uh and that is why he trusted him so much and that is why he got corrupted and just in context of the show that is so heartbreaking and so like i oh it's just so and- good <laughs> and over and over, like, Lucifer is hurt because he feels like he's a disappointment, and then you find out that, no, I'm disappointed in myself for putting more on you than you could handle, and it's just, it, it is, like, this, yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like the kinds of, you know, like you said, family counseling that just really hits home. Uh, it's so good. It is so, so well done. It feels so real. Uh and and the yeah. thing is, is that both God and Lucifer recognize, like, no one's trying to redeem Lucifer in the sense that Lucifer is a bad guy, right? But, like, even bad guys have fathers, and even bad guys can have daddy issues, you know? And you're just sitting there, and you're just, like, crying, because, like, God admits to how he affected the fact that Lucifer, like... It's not it's not to say that it, that even in the show that it's God's fault that Lucifer fell, but God did not help Lucifer, uh, yeah. right. He, he let him fall and you're just like, I'm just so many tears. So many. Yeah. Mm. And then God and Amara. Yeah. Um, because you go and uh, you and I had talked about how it felt like God was setting himself up to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, it felt like he was setting himself up to be no more because, Hey, the earth has gotten, gotten along more or less fine without me and I can help do that. And that's some of his justification too. When they ask him like, where have you been? He's like, look, I used to be a lot more hands-on and things weren't any better then. Um, you know? And so he's like, so I just decided to let everybody do it themselves. And it's really not worse than it was with me around. Um, and, uh, but now, so he's kind of, it seems like he's setting himself up to die. We do find out that he can't really do that because existence would go with him. But he can set himself up to be, you know, uh, what's it, uh, to be gone, to be um, sealed away, basically. Um, but, yeah. And then Amara, Amara, yeah, Amara hurts God. Um, and so God's kind of like dying, but not really, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's hurt. He's sick. Uh, and the sun starts to, like, explode, kind of. And everyone thinks Amara is doing it. But then when they get to Amara, they realize that she's not purposefully trying to kill the earth. Like she likes the earth. (laughs) Well, but she's only recently learned to like it. Yes. Keep in mind, like, like earlier in the season, she would have gladly done that. Yes. Because she wanted to see God. 
yeah, she was angry. She wanted to see all of God's creation go away because he loved it so much. And it was relatively close to the end, right? That he, uh, that she saw, uh, was it, was it a, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was some kind of family interaction that she saw that brought out. I think the, there were a couple of things. There was of course a Dean, right? Right. She, she loves Dean. Um, not necessarily like in a, romantic way, but Dean is someone who is important to her, and he's one of God's creations. Uh, I'm not sure Amara is capable of romantic love because of how large she is uh, of a figure. Right, you know? same way that not necessarily, um, it doesn't feel like God is either. Like, that's just not a right. thing that they've got. Uh, and then I think she sees a family, like, she's, like, in a park. Um, and then I think uh, she's, like, enjoying flowers, and she uh, is, like, touching them, and then they all die. Because she yeah. touched them. And she didn't want the flowers to die. She was enjoying the flowers. Right. Um, so, yeah, Chuck slash God uh, is, he's basically fatally injured, slowly, like, fading in the earth with him. Um, and then Dean talks to Amara, right? And kind of counsels her and stuff. And doesn't pretend to know more than she does, but just talks to her. Uh, which is cool too, because it's like, you know, Dean does this every once in a while where he'll, he'll basically take the, I don't know stance, but he'll just talk somebody into developing a better state of mind than they were at before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because Dean is just such a, an emotionally driven character pretty well, much all the time. I think people <laughs> usually view Dean as, so it's, that's, what's interesting about Dean, right? Is he's kind of this classical stereotypical manly man, uh, right. but he's actually got really strong emotions uh, and when yeah. he connects to those emotions and is able to verbalize them uh, and connect with anyone over them, whether they be bad guys or good guys, it usually results in change. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. anyways, then, though, the, the conversation is a success, though, in this context. And he, well, he brings Amara uh, and God together. Right. Uh, and then they have like a family counseling session. Where they're like, you hurt me. And he's like, but I want to do this thing. And like, but you hurt me. And he's like, I'm sorry, I hurt you. And it's like totally a family counseling session. Uh, and then in the end, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, yeah. we, oh, it's so great. And then they decide that there are, God is going to leave Earth alone again. But he's going to leave it and go off and be with Amara so they can come to peace with each other again. Because for so long, it was only them. And then he evicted her. Uh, at, but now they can be together again because that's who they were always supposed to be. And it's just like <laughs> tears, tears. Yep. So how, how do you feel about kind of the way this, forget the like next little bit that leads into the next season, but how do you feel about this storyline? I love the end. I love everything from when Lucifer shows up to the end of the season. My only yeah. wish is I wish that season 11 had come about as cl- as organic, not, organically might be the wrong word, as clearly planned as the end of season five. Like, I wish there had been a clearly strong story arc between five and 11 that led us to this point instead of the wobbliness. Because uh, nothing built, built, I mean, it all built up to this in this weird, really weird way with like the Mark and Demon Dean and Benny and what the heck. But uh, it didn't build up to it in a way that felt like this is where they were going. Whereas when you look from the apocalypse back to season one, you're like, this is where they're going. When you look from 11 back to season six, you were like, they had no, the way, they had no idea where they were going. And they only went this direction because at the time it made sense. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like in hindsight, 
this could have been season seven and season six could have been, you know, you could have compressed basically everything else into season six. Well, season six Um, could have been Dean actually did decide to save Sam from Lucifer, thus like letting Lucifer back out, thus leading to Amara and the Mark of Cain. Right. Uh, And leading to God. You're completely right. right. This could have been season seven. Yeah, and and that would have been fantastic. Now, that also leads me, though, into a thing I'm already feeling going forward. I feel like this should have been another ending, and I do not like the direction that it looks like they're going for the next season. I don't remember how it ended. So, in the end of it... Probably because I was crying. (laughs) We meet this British woman from the London chapter of the Men of Letters. Oh, that's right. And she expels Castiel, and then basically says that she's bringing Sam in for uh um yeah she brings sam in for like to punish him and his brother for uh you know for doing all the things they've done being bad guys and stuff like that and then dean like amara like dean hasn't been seen since this whole thing happened or dean has disappeared and finds his mother and i'm just like I don't like that at all. And I honestly don't like the men of letters thing either because it's like, okay, I agree that they've been bad guys for a bunch of it. And all, a lot of this has been their fault. Fact is though, they're also the only ones who could have saved this situation. Fact um, is they should have then come after them after they refused to close the gates of hell. Yeah. It's like you have lost any right to say anything why, by not being involved in all these previous incidents, like your laissez faire attitude and hands off attitude, frankly, like you have no place to talk. Because that is as bad as, like, the fact is, if Sam and Dean hadn't done all the stuff they did to, like, to try and close the gates of hell in the first place, you know, they're doing more than you did. They're, they they were trying at some point, even if I totally agree that they're making selfish decisions and in some cases are making things worse. But, like, that at least spurred from them trying to do the right thing in the first place. And you never have, as far as we can tell. And I just... I, I don't feel like there's any way they're going to convince me that the men of letters have standing to say anything, um, which is probably what they're going to do. They're probably going to Sam is probably going to somehow persuade them into taking action when they wouldn't have otherwise or something. And but I, I don't know. I I'm not really. I'm definitely going to introduce like start watching the show. Hopefully, if the if the writers who recognize what they needed to do to salvage the show for this season are still involved, then maybe they can also do something really cool in the next season. But I just, but once again, where uh, do you go from yeah. here? Yeah. Where do you go from literally having God and God's sister who represent creation and destruction, essentially being the crux of the story? Like, what do you do? Like, unless you're going to bring Michael back from the pit. Like I but literally that's, don't that's see anything else. Degree lower now. Now we've had an entire yeah. fight with people where Lucifer was a bit player, essentially. Yeah, Lucifer died. <laughs> <laughs> like Lucifer was a Lucifer came in and ended up not being able to really play a substantial role. Like this is you can't. The men of letter. I don't care about them. You know, I, I like I care. I would have cared about them back in season like six. You know, but and I don't. What, now. what what would Sam care? Like even in context of the universe, Sam just met. God. Like Yeah, he's like, what 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 do I care what you guys have to say? I met God and he told me I was doing good. So (laughs) I don't care what what you think. (laughs) Yeah, like you are human and nothing you say matters because I've met God. Like as a person, if I met God and knew he was this is really like God who created the universe, you know, and he told me, Hey Michael, you know what, Net, you've done a good job. 
there is nothing a human could ever tell me from that point on. And Sam is always the brother who has had more faith. So getting that pat on the back from God would mean even more to him than it does to Dean, right? Because Dean, I could see him eventually being like, well, that God, he abandoned us for whatever. But Sam has always had faith. Yeah, Sam got caught praying, you know. (laughs) Caught praying. Yeah, like, I mean, so if the middle letters be like, you caused all this stuff, and he'd probably be like, yeah. But God said it was okay in the end. So yeah, and they're like, "Hey, have you met God face to face?" Because I have. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know where you go from God. Like I I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Again, the best season endings are season five and this one. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, you should stop there." You know, you really should. But mm. you know, could you <sighs> imagine if this had been season seven? Uh, it would almost be like. Buffy, right? Yeah. Where season five had like the perfect ending, and then they're like, "Holy crap, we were renewed!" And then season six was a little wobbly, and then season seven, like they hadn't, they knew where they were going. Like that could have been what Supernatural was, right? Where season six was a little wobbly with like Mark of Cain and what the heck is happening, whatever. And then they release Amara, and then season seven is like, "Oh God, hey!" And then you yep. end, you end the show on God. <laughs> but the Supernatural makes too much money for the WB to end it. Or CW, excuse me. Yeah. Interestingly enough, so I've been watching the show on uh, on Hulu, and it looks like the CW, which has many of the shows that I watch, is no longer going to be on Hulu after, like, October. So it should I'm still probably be, be on the CW.com or CWTV.com. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I pay for Hulu Plus because it means I can use it all on all my devices. Now I'm going to have to do something that's, like, less nice like, I don't know, send it from my computer to my projector or something. Yeah. So we'll I, I watch it on CW TV. Um, and, uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's where I watch I mean, supernatural and I'll be doing that for sure. But it, it's just, it's a little bit more annoying than the setup that I've had. And I guess it's going to cost Hulu my subscription because there are a couple other shows I watch on Hulu, but I think like four of the six are for on the CW. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like, well, okay, I'm done with that. Um, but. Supernatural was the only CW show I didn't have to buy on iTunes this season because I was I actually kept up on it because when you've been in a show for 11 seasons <laughs> you yeah. don't let it go too long without watching an episode if you're intending to watch it. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm really cautious for the next season. Um But that said, I'm going into this season feeling much better about the one that just ended than I was last season. So, you know, yeah. Which I guess is true of the last several. Ugh. Yeah. Anything is better uh, through seasons than season six through ten. <laughs> Which isn't to say there aren't fantastic episodes in there, just to be clear. There are some really good episodes in season there six. There definitely are. Uh, um, but then there's a lot of badness. But the LARPing so episode? Yeah. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> If you're if you're still listening to this and you haven't started watching the show or you've only watched a couple of seasons and you didn't realize that the show actually did quite a bit that was good later, you can probably reach out to us and Mandy and I can probably be convinced to just like write out a list of the important episodes to watch in the rough seasons so that you can just, you know, do five, then a few episodes in six through 10 and then go into 11 um, if you really feel like it. But you should at least watch the first five seasons. You should definitely watch the first five seasons. I cannot, I cannot say this enough. It's almost the perfect show. I, I wouldn't say it's almost the perfect show, but it is, I think, one of the greats. Like, I, it, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, 
you know, it's how I feel about uh, Heroes Season 1, where if you just ignore everything after Heroes Season 1, Season 1 is really solid. Which, Mandy, I think we've talked about this before. Have you seen Heroes? I've seen all? all of Heroes. Okay. I watched uh, it. Poor thing. All. I, I, I quit partway through Season 3. But yeah, Heroes Season 1 is like that. Like, Heroes Season 1 is just such a good show with a good ending, and then they added, like, a little bit extra to the end. You're like, no, why'd you do that? Stop. <laughs> um but uh, that's basically how I feel about Supernatural 1 through 5 is roughly equivalent to Heroes Season 1, mm-hmm. where it's just a nice, solid, like, not everything about it's perfect, but in its totality, it does everything it set out to really well. I, I just feel like if there was no 6 through 11, we'd look at Supernatural and it would be in the same echelons as Buffy, Avatar, The Last Airbender, all these other really, like, well-arced, written shows. Uh, but the fact that it kept going, it just... Over 50% of Supernatural right now is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, I don't have really anything else to say about Supernatural. Um, I have a lot of right Dean now. Winchester feels. Um, well, I mean, okay. I have plenty more to say, <laughs> but not more to say that I'm going to for this podcast episode. Okay, so here's the question. <laughs> Sam or yeah. Dean, Michael? Sam or Dean? Sam or Dean what? Which, which one do you prefer? Uh... Net Sam, for sure. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I definitely prefer Dean. I, I, um, I, I think it's always interesting. I feel like everyone always leans towards one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can have like equal love for the two of them. Like, I, I, they're just so different. They're substantially different people, and a lot of the things that might annoy you about one are absent in the other, and vice versa. So, and that's the thing is, like, D- I think Dean would get on my nerves as an actual person. Oh, I think they Sam, both would. <laughs> so sam would in terms of like the way that real friends do sometimes where it's like why are you doing that that's a bad decision but dean would just to my face get on my nerves sam has a, you know a bit more tact knows how to talk to people better you know that whole thing so i feel like i could actually sit there and just have conversations about important things even when we disagree whereas dean like if we disagreed on something there's just no conversation to be had and that would that would frustrate me a lot i could see that I could see that. I'd be uh, friends with Charlie. Oh yeah, I mean, I could. I would take Charlie over either of them in a. In a heartbeat. <laughs> that is, uh, that's that is no the question. correct answer. Charlie like, is the one that Dean we could Sam. play board the games with, and uh, you know, video games, and and you know, she might be able to get me to enjoy D anD D for the first time. I've never. It's not that I've given it a lot. I've just never been given the opportunity to try D anD D around people who really enjoy it and and stuff. And I, I would let Charlie. I'll, I'll let you know if uh, Trevor and I set up a uh, D&D game that can be played over the internet. All right. Well, you're on for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Anything else supernatural? Uh, watch seasons one through five. Um, it's a good if show. you like one through five, hit us up to ask us what you should watch from that point on, because we'd rather you skip basically to 11 after watching highlights. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's, you're much more likely to stick with it <laughs> that way. Um, yeah, that's about it. You want to sign us out? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you would like to follow us on the interwebs, uh, you can follow us uh, at Triv Crucial on Twitter. Uh, that's the podcast's uh, Twitter account. You can follow Michael at uh, Ahim, uh, A-U-H-I-M. And you can follow me at Brown Aja, uh, Brown underscore Aja, A-J-A-H. And uh, hope you have a good week. <laughs>